Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. John Clark here. I'm a therapist, group practice owner, and a guide for therapists in private practice. And uh, before we jump in, I want to remind you that the doors to our Business Made Human Mastermind program are open now. They open just twice a year, and now is that time. This is my weekly mastermind where uh, I'm going to help you uh, design a a business that fits your life, a business that's driven by uh, your personal mission and purpose in life, and um, help you um, move through whatever obstacles arise along the way. We're also going to work really hard to have a clear vision for your life so we can um, create the vision, create the roadmap, and then help you um, be on your way uh, to help you make more money and help more people. What's not to love? You also get access to uh, my biweekly office hours where you can get help whenever you want it. So really access to unlimited coaching in that program. Learn more at privatepracticeworkshop.com. Just click on Business Made Human to book a call with me. The doors close very soon in just a couple of weeks. So jump on that now. Book a call with me, privatepracticeworkshop.com. Just click on Business Made Human. Um, we're going to jump into a, a live Q&A today. And really, I want to also um, take some time to kind of look at the nuts and bolts of of building a business. And there's a few ways to look at this. I think if I had to consider um, what are the most essential parts of a business, what's the foundation, we have to start talking about mission, vision, and values. This is stuff that I think a lot of people might skip over um, because it can sound boring and a little bit too much like straight out of business school. But these principles are going to become guiding principles for your business. These principles are um, where everything else is built upon. Starting with mission. The mission is kind of about what your business hopes to achieve and the impact it's going to have on the world. Um, In our case, you know, maybe it seems pretty clear because what we do is help people. We're all therapists and helping people through therapy. We are believers in mental health and in seeking help and in reducing stigma, uh, believers in social justice and, um, uh, and, and what have you, right? There's some kind of core values that are built into our profession as therapists, our identity as therapists, our, um, the license that you have. There's a lot of you know, history there and a lot of values that are kind of built in. But for your business, you really want to think about what's the mission we're trying to achieve. And for mission, you, know, you want to think big. Um, you know, some missions that come to mind for me, um, Tesla, the company, their mission is to um, accelerate the world's acquisition of, uh, you know, to sustainable energy or their accelerate the world's transition to sustainable energy. So it's also going to be used as a filtering device or a decision-making device. Any decision they make is going to be filtered by that mission. Does doing X help further that mission? If yes, then do it. If it goes against the mission, then don't do it. Really, really helpful. Hey, if you're just joining me live, um, ask your questions in the comments. I'm here to do a Q&A, but we're starting just by talking about mission, vision, values, and business foundations. So otherwise, if you're here live, go ahead and ask your questions in the comments, and I'll start getting to them here in a moment. Another mission I like is a nonprofit I used to work for called ASP. Their mission is to eradicate substandard poverty across central Appalachia. Now, it sounds kind of impossible because there's a lot of poverty 
across central Appalachia. But that's kind of the point. And to think, well, the mission isn't over until we've done that, until we've completely eradicated poverty in this whole region of the country. Think about creating a mission like that for your own business. Think about the people that you serve, the people that you help, the cause that you're fighting for. And really think about why you care in the first place, right? Why this, um, why this matters to you. Uh, as one of my faculty, uh, my, my professors used to say, <clears throat> what's going to keep you warm at night, right? We were picking like a dissertation topic. You have to think about what's a topic I can be married to for years to come, <laughs> you know? Um, think about that when you're thinking about your mission. Think about the ripples of your work, right? And the impact you want to have. So mission, vision, values. Now we go into vision. Vision is kind of how you're going to get there. So how you achieve the mission. So going back to that example of um, ASP, if the mission is eradicating substandard housing in central Appalachia, the vision is to um, you know make 1,000 homes a year warmer, safer, and drier through volunteer labor and uh, emergency home repair, something like that. I'm, I'm kind of making it up, but you, you, you see what I mean when we think about how the business serves the mission, how it helps us get there. Now, you want to break your vision down even further to um, how the business is going to operate, who we serve, where the money is going to come from, our five-year goals, our one-year goals, right? Maybe you want to think about an exit plan for you and your business. Um, selling or transitioning, scaling, what have you. Where's the business heading? How big is it going to grow? How are you going to make money? How are you going to spend money? We do a lot of that work in, uh, you know, when you're working with me as a business coach or in my Business Made Human uh, Mastermind program. So um, having a vision is is critical and then kind of working your way backwards. Then you think about values. So values are really the core guiding principles that identify who we are as an organization what we believe and what kind of decisions we make, right? Um, what we stand for. We work really hard on this, you know, in my my counseling group practice to, to make sure that we have an idea of um, how we identify ourselves, you know, within the organization. Things to think about. Um, are the values that we have kind of re, re, uh, recreated here in my practice, I'll tell you really quick. The values are humble confidence, cultivate community, commitment to the craft, and what we call full cup first. I'll break these down a little bit just for your curiosity. The first one, humble confidence. We want to make sure that um, each team member carries himself with a, a balance of pride and humility. It's important to really you know, believe in your skills to be a competent clinician, to know that you're capable of helping people, and to go help people. It's also important to take feedback and maintain that humility to your clients, to your peers, your supervisor. Cultivate community. So we collaborate with, with colleagues openly. We offer support and our expertise. We offer our help to other members of the community, people that refer clients to us, um, uh, collaborating with um, yeah, other organizations, nonprofits, schools, what have you. We also believe that you know community is part of what creates good, stronger mental health. Commitment to the craft. So we proactively seek opportunities to increase our knowledge by participating and um, uh, learning and uh, both internally and externally. So we really want to make sure we're attracting clinicians that are, um, you know, that are in it, that are really committed to it and that are committed to 
their learning. You can see how this also pretty easily ties into the humble confidence piece, right? Being committed to learning always. Last one is full cup first. Manage your own wellness as a priority in order to be fully present in client care. This is another big one, right? So the self-care piece, you know, we want to make sure that in order for clinicians to be able to help other people, they have first taken care of themselves and they have a full cup to pour from or as full as possible. <laughs> so that's a really quick eight minute crash course on mission, vision, values. I like to come back to this a lot because again, we tend to skip over it in private practice. And I think, um, you know, I think it's foundational work from there. It's about implementing the plan and figuring out the nuts and bolts. But think about if you if you take the time to define those things, how much easier it's going to come when you're doing things like creating your website and you already have your mission statement to put on your homepage. You know who you are. You know who you want to attract. It's also going to help your hiring. You know, on your job description, you're going to start with mission, vision, and values. You know, being really clear about who the business is, who we serve, where this is all going, and the type of um, the, the the values that we hold here, that's going to attract certain people, both consumers and employees, and it's going to repel certain people, right? Both consumers and employees, and that's kind of the point of having a strong brand, right? So um, you're going to find so many ways to use these, right? Both internally and, um, and and kind of externally, right? Within your practice, I would say if you're a solo practice owner. These are important. If you're a group practice owner, these are critical, right? You really, really, really need to have these if you want to grow an organization that has employees, team members, right? Um, people that are, um, you know, employed by your business and a part of your team. Absolutely essential. If you don't have this stuff in place, you know, just think about where can you begin? Where can you start? Um I think the key is just to get started, pull out a piece of paper or even better, you know, a digital piece of paper on Google Drive and just do your best with these things, mission, vision, and values. You can Google some other, you know, examples of them just to, to, to kind of help yourself along a little bit. Once you have them, you use them, talk to your team about them, make them public, you know, put them in public places within your office, get them printed out, put them on your website, things like that. Yeah, it's never too late to do this stuff and to enhance your business with with uh, some fundamentals here. Again, if you're interested in this sort of thing, this is exactly the type of thing we do in Business Made Human every single week. That's my six-month mastermind program. We meet every week for an hour, small group of peers that are at your level. You also get unlimited coaching with me through my bi-weekly office hours and lots, lots more. We uh, also have guest speakers coming in this uh, semester to talk more about finance and uh, HR related stuff. I'll wait another minute or two again if you're here. If you have questions, ask them in the comments. Um, uh, otherwise, we will start wrapping up here. So a short and sweet episode, a little impromptu, but um, you know, I do that every now and then. That, uh, that happens. Again, if you're interested at all in Business Made Human, just go to privatepracticeworkshop.com, click on Business Made Human, and um, and there you are. You can hop on a call with me. You can learn more about the program and the features, the pricing, all that good stuff. And then if it all looks good, you can book a call with me from that page, and we will um, uh, talk about uh, um, securing your spot. So really, uh, really looking forward to it.
Um, well, that's all for now. Looks like no questions for today. So I um, hope you enjoyed this episode. Again, just work on your mission, vision, values when you can, little by little, and you'll you'll find a way to um, uh, to to kind of make it a habit, right? Um, I would say if I had to double back a little bit, thinking about your purpose is another critical piece too. Um, purpose is actually kind of like the first lesson that we look at. Um, uh, in business made human, your purpose, you know, and you're connected to your personal purpose, you're, you're going to have a very strong, clean fuel source for your practice when it comes to doing all of this stuff. Um, you know, the idea is that people feel unfulfilled as a result of not living their purpose, especially when their work is not centered around their purpose. Uh, A definition of purpose that, uh, Brian Boucher gave me was, um, Purpose is basically using your inherent gifts, talents, and abilities to help people and to positively impact the world around you. And I think that's pretty spot on. So starting with purpose, I think is great. We do have a couple questions rolling in, so I'm going to answer those. And if you guys have more, start putting them in the comments and uh, let's get to it. Dylan says, how do I beat online private practices since they take a lot of business? How do I beat online private practices since they take a lot of business? Well, I'd have to hear a little bit more, but my first thought is, you know, most practices now are at least a hybrid of online and in-person. We can all do online therapy and pretty much everyone's doing online therapy and some have gone entirely online. Now, how do you beat, you know, these big tech company practices or companies like BetterHelp, Talkspace? Yeah, that's what he's talking about. He's telling me in the comments such as BetterHelp. Well, you know, you don't beat them by trying to do what they're doing. You beat them by being different, (laughs) you know, think about what they're doing. They're kind of productizing therapy, right? These, these, these massive uh, companies with lots of money to burn. They're basically trying to productize therapy and they're spending a lot on Google ads. They're spending a lot on marketing everywhere, influencer marketing, this and that text therapy, right? Phone call therapy. You don't even have to see your therapist ever to have a therapist. It's crazy. I hopefully it all comes crashing down someday, you know, because I think uh they're they're doing some harm. They're helping people and they're doing some harm though to our industry. And uh, they're also cheapening it, right? So I would say again, how do you be um instead of trying to just be better, right? Or market better than better help, well, they have millions of dollars to spend every month on marketing. We don't be different. Form relationships in your community, be super niche, right? Um, develop interesting programs within your practice online, you know, a, like a course, an intensive, a retreat. Be as niche as you can because that's going to help you stand out. Think about um, how you can create different programs. If they're kind of cheapening therapy, how do you add more value to therapy, right? That's what I would think about. It's going to go back to having a clear, uh, you know, a strong niche and a narrow niche, a compelling brand, compelling messaging around your brand. Um, being really good at getting traffic, both paid and organic. In our case, a lot of organic traffic because these companies are driving up the cost of ads. Creating an email list, creating good content. Maybe you have a YouTube channel. Maybe you have a great blog. Maybe you're good on social media. Right? Just do it differently. Go in the back door. Build it in a way that they're not going to build it. Um, another question, now they're rolling in. <laughs> uh, Abby says, when first starting out in private practice, is it safer to have a broader niche 
but may not be the best fit or to prioritize what I really want my niche to be, but could limit the number of clients. Fantastic question. The short answer to this is the more narrow a niche, you're going to have a stronger business in the end, but it's going to take longer. If it was fishing, right, you're fishing in a much smaller pond, right? But you're fishing with the exact kind of bait that these fish want. It's just a much smaller pond, right? There's less fish in there. But when they find you, they're like completely sold, right? EMDR for teenage girls with trauma, EMDR for female veterans, whatever it is, anger management for teenage boys, angry teenage boys, whatever it is. It's strong, it's clear, compelling. When they find you, they're going to be completely sold. You know, it's just you're going to have to work a little harder, a little differently for them to find you. But once they do, it's going to be really solid. Now, a, a potential way around this is to build two brands. You know, maybe you have one that's more general and one that's more niche. We've experimented with this and have have had some success. So if you can do it, have the time, resources, and energy to do it, you could think about doing it that way. Build them side by side. I kind of like that idea. You could build a Squarespace site and then clone it and create a you know a parallel site where you're basically um, uh, you know branding and, and marketing side by side, but marketing your niche uh, practice side by side. Um, FM Style says, do you know the best way to find an office around our area for putting an address on a business license? Yeah, you want to get what's called a registered agent. You don't want to put your home address. So just look up registered agent in your state and you can use their address. You can send mail there. Um, there's a lot of things you can do. Registered agent is what that's called. You could also look at like some co-working space. We'll let you use their their address for your business, for your business license and Google My Business and all that. So some of them, you know, work that way. Maybe you have a really, you know, flexible co-working space. It's just, you know, not much money per month and you could do it that way. Another question um, coming in, it says, is there a difference between getting a business checking account versus separate personal checking account? Yes, there is. You want a business checking account. All your business finances should be separate and they should absolutely be in a business checking account. The right tool for the right job. You want it all to be separate, especially from a liability standpoint. You know, if you have an LLC or a corporation, you want everything to be separate. Think about a big company. Do it that way, right? Big companies aren't going to have money going into their personal accounts. It's messy from a bookkeeping standpoint. It's messy from a legal and liability standpoint, right? Um, do you have suggest banks or credit unions? Yeah, the one I use is called Novo, N-O-V-O. This is not an ad, but I use Novo. Um, it's an online bank, super easy to use, super flexible, basically free, you know, very little fees, if any fees. So I use Novo Bank and I really like it a lot, N-O-V-O. Um, they're asking, does a registered agent work for sole proprietorships? I'm in California. Uh, maybe. The other, the other thing you can probably do is just ask your accountant if they would serve as your registered agent. Again, they're basically just receiving mail for you. So even if you're a sole proprietor, uh, maybe find you know a good local accountant and, and ask them if, if you're working with them for your accounting, if they would also do um, you know serve as a registered agent for you. So that's what I would do. Yeah, really great questions. 
Yeah, again, if you're just joining at the beginning of the episode, I talked about mission, vision, values. Um, definitely go back and listen to the rest of that. And then we've got some interesting questions that I just uh, answered here toward the end. So one more question from Abby. She says, I have an idea for a narrow niche, but don't know if there's a demand for it. Is there a recommended way to figure out the need for a niche? Yeah, um, do some keyword research, right? Um, basic keyword research. You can use free tools like Uber Suggest, uh, Google Keyword Planner, um, Ahrefs is another good one, A-H-R-E-F-S. That's a paid one, but you could do it for one month and then cancel it. Do some keyword re research. See if people are searching for your niche in your area, and then you've got your answer. Clear demand. It's also going to tell you the supply, you know, supply and demand, right? So it's going to give you competition scores so you can see if your niche does exist and there's people searching for it, you know, how much competition is 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 on your niche as well. So you can have an idea of um, how well can I, uh, you know, compete. Um, yeah. I hope that makes sense. Yeah, great questions. Another question, uh, I'll make this the last one. It says, uh, do you know how to market for groups? A lot of people seem to only be interested in individual therapy and other therapists are less likely to refer. Yeah, how I would do it is build your email list for your practice. And I agree, most people are looking for individual therapy. So you get them in for that, you add them to your email list, you engage that email list every week or every month. And then when you have a group, you pitch it to your email list. That's how I would do it. Good question. Yeah. Very good question. Okay. Um, that's all for now, folks. I'll go ahead and wrap up there. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Again, if you're interested in working with me, our Business Made Human program just opened, only opens twice a year. Head to privatepracticeworkshop.com. Click on Business Made Human to learn more. It's our weekly mastermind program. And uh, we have one for solo owners, one for group practice owners. Looking forward to that one. So um, definitely reach out if you're interested in the program. And um, otherwise, look forward to seeing you really soon. Thanks again for being here. See ya. Bye.